OT Geniuses. My name is Jessica Lopez Hermanton, and I am the creator and founder of OT Genius. And you're listening to Pre-OT Secrets. On this show, we talk about how to get into occupational therapy school, how to do it in the most financially savvy way. And we also dive into the stories of pre-OTs, current OT professionals and students to learn how they got in and what their experiences were like. And so we're here to inspire, motivate, and encourage you throughout your OT journey and show you how you can be a successful OT school applicant and become the OT that you want to be. Now, on to the show. What is up, OT geniuses? Welcome to another episode uh, with uh, Pre-OT Secrets. And we have Dr. Bree back on the show. I know that you guys wanted him back. So here we are to continue talking about international experiences as an occupational therapist. Now, one, you need to go back and all right because it's it's some stuff that i think is going to bring a lot of things to light in terms of her um, experiences and uh, discussing a few of those things even on a deeper level now too in, in the second part so dr b as you know i know that one of the lessons that you share being an international ot has taught you is that to basically be sure that you're being poured into yourself, right? And like just the Mm -hmm. importance of having support in Mm -hmm. some way. And so I kind of just also wanted to piggyback off of of that and just kind of, I guess, discuss how is the support that you have received over there? You know, like are people Mm -hmm. like supportive of what you're doing and what you're trying to do? Yeah, I've gained a beautiful support system. I think uh, I'm like, sometimes I think about HIPAA laws, but they don't really do that here. So, (laughs) 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 but with my like patient, their family has turned into my family too. Like, I don't know if you see like the one girl on my Instagram page, the one uh, Hannah. So she started off as a patient and then she had uh, cerebral palsy. And so her family had just totally embraced me. And like outside of treating Hannah and helping like from an OT perspective, they also really be like, oh, Brie, come over. We're cooking dinner or, you know, if you ever need a place to like, you know, place other another place to treat. So currently, to be totally honest, I use the back part of their house to treat Hannah, my patient, but also other patients. And so that was like so nice of them to allow me to use that space just in like a, a more suburban area in Botswana. But yeah, so my patients pour into me. I think my family is constantly calling me and, <laughs> you know, but also I, I spend that a long time praying. I spend a long time. I like to knit. I like to read. I like to sing. I like to dance. I like to work out. So <laughs> I still have those opportunities to find those things to support. But the community has been amazing. I've really partnered with some amazing people. And then also like my family is currently doing like a campaign. So they made Dr. Oh. Bree the OT shirts. I uh, see. So I see those shirts. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, <laughs> my patients are buying them, and 
my family is buying them. So to be able to like send support, because what I like to do is for every 10 patients I see for that low income patient that cannot pay for services, then I provide them the service for free. If that makes sense. So every 10 patients that I have that pays, I provide free services for somebody that is not able to pay. Also, is there is there a way that our listeners can support if they if they want to? Or yeah, most definitely. They, so how how can we how can we go about that? Because I am totally off the clock <laughs> right now. <laughs> but no, yeah, how, where could they go or what links or, or like yeah, at what website? Okay. Yeah, so I will kind of I will send it to you, but most of it you can. You'll, you'll be able to access through my social media, but I will send you the link so that you can, if you want a t-shirt or if you just want to donate. Those are going to be put in the show uh, notes. So we're, we're going to get the, <laughs> we're going to get the, that, that link and we're going to put it in the show notes. Be sure to check out the description in the, in the description box there. And you guys can, if you feel led to support Dr. Bree's mission here, that's it's really, yeah. really cool. And yeah, I love the shirts and the hat. I saw the hat Thank too. you. <laughs> Thank you. And secret, secret. In 2023, if you are interested, OT, pre-OT, whoever you are, I am doing a mission trip to Kenya. So you can come and provide services. You can come and see what I'm doing as well. And yeah, we'll be in Kenya yes! and I'm invited. <laughs> I'm inviting all workers. Yes, I've invited all healthcare workers, speech, doctors, physical therapists, but you know, you know, of course, we got to have OT team there. But, oh, of course, <laughs> of course, represent. So yeah, if you, if you feel inclined to do that as well, perfect. I'll put that, it'll be on my page. We're still in the planning aspects of it, but uh-huh. it'll be on my page. So check out that. You, another reason why you guys just need to go follow that. But isn't this cool, guys? Like, I mean, there's it just shows how much you can do and the difference that you can make therapy degree. And I'm just curious in terms of licensure and stuff like that, how did you translate the <laughs> license to Botswana and Kenya and all places? Okay. So, <laughs> so in, okay. In Botswana specifically, I had to go through, I had to basically take another test. However, oh, wow. they had not had an OT enter the country in the past 10 years. So when I came to like the, (laughs) (laughs) so when I came to like the, the registration, like the, basically like, you know, how we have our NBCOT, like when I came to like the ministry of health for healthcare professionals to say, Hey, I'm trying to register as an OT there. They were like, Oh, okay, well, you got to take a test, but we don't have a test. We don't have the test. And (laughs) when you make up a test for like, I was like, like they made you make up your own test basically um that is why but it was but then they end up like calling on another ot that worked at the hospital and then bringing her in and then she found other ot's to like interview me to like see what my intentions were and everything so he so yeah so they don't have any ot programs in the country like in botswana so yeah uh, and then in Kenya, I think because I was connected with like an American-based NGO, I didn't really need like the, it's not like I was opening up a private practice there or anything. So I didn't really need the certification. I just need to like let them, let the country know when you come in, like as a visa and all this stuff that like what I'm doing and just like, what are you doing here? 
So, but that's like anywhere you go internationally, like, what are you doing here? Are you here for tourism? Are you, are you here for work? What are you doing? So yeah, so that's kind of how that process went. Very long, very long process <laughs> of getting certified in Botswana. But overall, it was, it was an amazing journey. I remember going up to like the ministry where they tell you that you official, you have, it's a blue that's card so here. Cool. And uh, to say you're a healthcare professional, and they were like, I would like sit in the hallway and be like, is it ready? Am I certified? Can I work now? Like, <laughs> yeah so (laughs) okay so what has one of your favorite things doing occupational therapy abroad my favorite thing I think one has been traveling I can't even lie like I never knew that I like traveling as much as I do but traveling has been amazing but doing it while you're doing something so you weren't even like before because it's so funny we're actually in, in that sense it's totally different. When I was an undergrad and in grad school, I was a complete travel bug. You could send me anywhere. And I was like, I'm there. I'm there. I want to go. Yeah. Anybody want to go to this conference and, you know, like go out of state? I'm there. If you want to go and travel to this country? Oh, like I was such a travel bug. And then now like I'm married. I'm like, I'm settled down. And so and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. And then COVID. I haven't, like, I haven't traveled the way that I used to in a long time. Oh my God. Yeah. So that's so funny that like, you know, because it's like it's you went from then, um, you know, not then traveling as much. And then you took a deep dive. It was a deep. Yeah. Dive, like. Well, I still travel, but just like within the states, like I, yeah, I yeah. do in like all a whole bunch of international like stuff. So, yeah, no, it's been I think I guess to answer your question, <laughs> my favorite part has been, yes, traveling, but just the connections like the connections you make and the, the, the like being able to advocate for our profession and people like for real don't know about it. And you're like, yeah, I'm an occupational therapist. And you know, like all the memes that we create, like what's OT, what's up? Like, no, yeah. it's so real here. It's like, <laughs> it's like really no, what's OT? Like, I no. yeah, I've never even heard of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the, I think that's the amazing part. So then when you do meet another OT here or like, you know, in, in Kenya, and I met some wonderful OTs in Ghana, like, and, like, I was walking through University of Ghana, and one of, like, the girls was sitting in the hallway, and she was just like, oh, my God, it's Dr. Bree, and I was like, oh, me, I'm, I'm basic, like, what, like, <laughs> and so, <laughs> but, like, this, I don't know, just the connection of OTs, but also being able to, like, advocate for our profession, you know how they say, oh, we got to advocate for our profession. Like, you know, we got to educate people what OT is and the paradigm yeah. shift. But I'm like, no, you really got it for real. Like, you got to know, you got to have your elevator speech ready. You got yeah. to know what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. And that elevator speech, guys, is real. All right. If you're trying to get into OT school, start working on that elevator speech. Because I, I think it would, and you'll be working on it even once you are a student. I can tell you that much. You don't have to have it perfected as a pre-OT. I don't think I, I didn't even have an elevator speech until I actually was in OT school and they made us practice that. <laughs> but <yeah>. and <laughs> anyway, that's neither here nor there. What has been your least favorite thing about occupational uh, therapy abroad? He. My least favorite thing. I'm about to be totally honest with you guys. When I first moved to Botswana, I worked for another OT company. I'm not going to name it, but I got fired. So it's my first time ever getting fired from a job. You know why I got fired? Because 
she said that people started calling, like parents start calling, asking specifically for me. And that was not allowed. So basically, <laughs> basically, fired because You're yeah, I don't know, she didn't want any competition, but I didn't see it as competition. And that's what I hate here. It's like, OK, we have few OTs, but I will say that I'm probably the youngest with a little flair, you know. But they have all been here so long and majority of them are expats as well, either from like Germany or somewhere in the UK, uh, no other OTs from the States or the like locals went to like UK or went to South Africa and got their OT degrees and then came back. So all the so, other OTs, all the other OTs that are there are international themselves. Yeah, yeah, wow. they, they're, they're not from here, but a majority have families here, like they raised kids or like I said, they went to school and so... I think when I got here, they saw me as a threat and I didn't want to be seen as a threat. Like, it was like, I came here to do what you do, but like, I I don't know. So I didn't like being fired. That's my first time being fired ever. And then I transitioned to another job with another OT, like, cause he had a private practice and yeah, he was stealing money from me. (laughs) So like, (laughs) so I would see patients and then get paid for it, but it would go to like the business account and I just has to this day I have not received any of that and I didn't come here for the money but it was also like I was bringing in patients to his clinic but it was like uh, so I think those are my least favorite experiences is like how OTs here collaborate I feel like they're all in their own little corners and I try to bring them out but then they're like ah this girl with all this energy with like so (laughs) Doing all this on social media. And be alive. So be alive. Okay. Yeah. Don't let that. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. So I was also gonna. Okay. So that's been your least favorite thing, and we talked about too what doing like uh, being abroad has taught you about yourself. What has it taught you then? OT occupational therapy because occupational therapy in the states, even though. You know, they have occupations like dressing or and even bathing. It's going to differ just based on cultural norms and how we approach individuals with disabilities. So I don't know a little bit about that. Yeah, um, I really think that there should be more research about our, more research done on on the African continent about all area practice areas in general in regards to our profession. So more research. We, we don't have nursing homes in Botswana. So that whole aspect is interesting. In different countries, I've seen them sell kids with disabilities on the street where wow. they're like begging for money. So I, I think that's given me a different perspective of, of, of OT here as well. Um, but ultimately, I would say after coming back home and then coming back here, in general, occupational therapy is not as well known in black and brown communities. So I would definitely advocate for our profession to do more research in like within black and brown communities about what we do and also opening more um, private practices, opening more opportunities in black and brown communities or low income communities. Uh, for our profession to thrive. And I think that's all, that's what speech therapy, physio, because you usually see like ATI, like these big companies or kids get services from schools and stuff. But the lack of services and low income in black and brown communities is such a need. And I feel like 
it's opened my eyes to a different world for our profession. Very, very, very cool. Very, very cool. And Dr. Bree, I am also just wanting to know if you have any advice for students that are maybe wanting to go international or, you know, just trying to learn more about it. Where can they learn a little bit more about, yeah, I guess, trying to get into occupational therapy on a more global level. Do you, can you, is there any recommendations or? Um, yeah. Um, I would definitely encourage students to find your purpose, find your purpose. And with finding your purpose is if the international route is where you want to go, find where your heart calls you to, like where, where that purpose will, will, continue to bring you a foundation in who you are as an occupational therapist. So, I mean, you can always reach out to me if you have, if you need any advice about moving abroad or moving internationally or doing international work. Um, because I, I honestly just took a leap of faith. Um, <laughs> but, but overall, um, yeah, I would just say find your purpose and, I wonder if Wufoot or the WFOT has any resources there too. Probably so, but at the same time, I don't know. Like each, each, I I would have to look into it. I want you know, you know how we do as OT. If you don't know, you find out. (laughs) Exactly, it's just about being resourceful. But um, I'm not sure if there are any. It's just something that came to mind right now as I was listening to to you speak out, like. Yeah, they, you guys should look into the World Federation of Occupational Therapy. That is basically the, the our global <laughs> association to my mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, look up WFOT. W-F-O-T. You, I'm sure you can find out a little bit more about occupational therapy in different countries. And see how you can connect countries. with, like, other international universities, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's another one. Yeah. It, yeah, especially since licensure, like, you had to go through it with the license and they were trying to ask you to create your own tests and things of that nature, <laughs> which is really wild to think about. But yeah. And then my last question, any advice for, you know, pre-OT students trying to get into the profession and or like, yeah, like in terms of what is going to allow them to stand or advice in terms of choosing colleges, anything that just sticks out, any piece of advice that you wish you would have had as a pre-occupational therapy student? As a pre-occupational therapy student, let's see. I will definitely say you are worth it. You are worth, you know, and I think that invest your time and your community service into what you love so that OT schools can see they can see like your journey with investing into the field before you even get into OT school. So that's what I would say. Kind of, you know how we talked about personal statements in part one, but I would definitely say like, understand like, what is your purpose and understand like, what is your journey to getting to OT? Like, is this really what you want? So really saying to yourself, asking yourself, what is my journey? What is my purpose? And how would I contribute to occupational therapy? What I have to give. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, it, I think I think it does. I think it definitely does. So just thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm sure that, you know, you've uh, gotten all, you're going to get like a, just a lot of love uh, from the, just the community and from 
sharing your experiences here. It's going to bring a lot of things to light as well. So thank you for being on the show. I really, I really, really appreciate it because I think what you're doing is definitely worthwhile, needed, and more people need to just, I think, even consider it as a route for them if it is right for them, you know? Yeah. And, and it's fun, you know? So yeah, just thank you again, Dr. Bree. And thank you. And, and check her out. Thank you so much for joining me and taking time out of your day to listen. We hope that this has been of value to you and will get you one step closer towards becoming the OT that you want to be. One of the biggest problems I see is that pre-OTs, they try to do things alone. They do things in isolation and the connections that they have are minimal for many reasons. But we are changing that here at OT Genius and focusing instead on building a community for pre-OTs for them to have their first OT family and meet other pre-OTs current OT students and clinicians. To be a part of that awesome community, you can subscribe to our membership by going to otgenius.com. Just go to the tab, get me into OT school on the homepage, and you can join our awesome community there. You can also find our social medias and ways to get in touch with us on the website. So thank you again and see you in the next one.